Welcome to Narratives and Nightcaps, the book club podcast where we dive into the details of a novel, pair it with a fitting nightcap, and then leave a little review when all is said and done. I'm Bree. And I'm Megan. Welcome back. Welcome. And I'm not going to lie, I'm getting really pissed at this book. I I have feelings that I'm unsure of. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I'm, so we yeah. should probably say this is part two for Layla. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on part two for Layla. Um, we are reading chapters 10 to 17, not through, two. And um, it's been a whirlwind. It has been a like a lot to unpack this episode, I think, because it's a roller coaster. For yeah. Sure. I, again, this is one that I read it in a day. Like as soon as we stopped our last episode, I read part two right away. And I'm just like, what is going on? What are we doing? <laughs> I have so many confusing feelings about this. But in general, I would say I'm kind of frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so on that note, to help with our frustration, we're drinking mimosas. So. Cheers. Cheers. I've had a big one today. Really. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> really filled that sucker up. <laughs> you got to do it. I mean, mimosas are great. So obviously, hopefully, you know, but if you don't, little bit of champagne or a lot of bit of champagne or Prosecco, which is honestly my preference. And then some orange juice, some orange pineapple juice, some cranberry, whatever, whatever you're feeling like. I did OJ today and I actually put in like a splash of cranberry. It's kind of hard to see, but just wanted to mix it up a little bit. Fun. I'm still rolling with the orange pineapple. Haven't been to the store since they ran, ran out of orange juice, so still everyone, rolling with it. <laughs> everyone needed OJ for their mimosas. I think so. I think that's the problem. I mean, I can't really blame them. Orange pineapple is still really good. It's it is. Tropical element. It is. It's very tasty. Um, I know with the last episode, you were kind of hinting and teasing us with a ghost story. So I kind of want to hear this. Okay. Let me tell my ghost story. So, <laughs> okay. When I was little, my parents how, were old, how old are we thinking? I, okay. So this, so this house, um, my dad lived in it from when I was five to, I don't know, like 12, probably. Okay. I'm not... Actually, now that I like think about that, I don't know for sure. He moved to, so he eventually moved to Texas. So this house was in Missouri and we, because my parents were divorced, I used to go visit my dad every other weekend and for several weeks out of the summer. And I will say like this house was very cool. It was this wood house had this really unique design, but that being said, I, as a kid was just always really freaked out by this place. Like it kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies and to the point that I would have to go to bed while everyone else was awake. Like I needed to go to bed with the noise of people around 
And otherwise I would have the hardest time falling asleep. And if I woke up in the middle of the night, like all bets were off. Um, I should also say too. So the way the room that I slept in was sort of in this hallway and the hallway had a completely glass windows and doors that looked out into this courtyard. And so at night it was just kind of eerie sometimes that that was my view. Anywho, so older house too, you know, like the usual creeks and whatnot. So that was my thing growing up was that I would go to my dad's house, but this house just always gave me these weird, creepy vibes. And fast forward years later, I'm talking years, like I'm now an adult. We're talking and my dad goes, oh, that house was haunted. And I was like, wait, what? And he goes, well, we didn't want to tell you guys when you were kids because we were really worried it would freak you out, but it was haunted. Um, A woman died in the room that you used to sleep in. (laughs) And I, so, so I will say, so the following are going to be the hauntings that my dad experienced. I did not personally experience them. I just had really weird, weird thoughts and feelings when I was there. So. Um, couple of things. One of them was one day they were downstairs in their basement playing. They had a pool table down there, TV. They were downstairs with friends and all of a sudden they heard whistling and footsteps upstairs. And when everyone had been in the basement, they went upstairs and no one was there. All of the doors are locked. All of the windows are locked. They can't find anyone, but they'd heard everyone there had heard someone walking around and whistling upstairs. Oh my so that was one thing. Another time my dad's partner was laying in his bed and all of a sudden felt, you know how you can feel the bed kind of sink when someone is sits down on the bed, mm-hmm. felt that and thought like my dad had come home. I'm sorry. Oh, and my watch is talking to me and felt the bed sink like someone was sitting there rolled over and there was no one there, but you could see the outline of someone there. What the fuck? Yes. Okay. And so last little like haunting thing that I'm aware of happened to them. So it was an older house and they decided to remodel the kitchen. And when they did, they so they went through this whole remodel and then one day they were sitting in the living room, which the living room looked out. You could see the hallway that I mentioned that my, the bedroom I would sleep in was, you could see there and they had some art or paintings on the wall. And my dad said it was like nothing he'd ever seen. The pictures basically lifted off of the wall and went crashing down. I think it broke some glass and things that they'd had below the pictures went crashing down. And I think that was the one time he yelled at the ghost. He said, look, you can stay here, but you're going to respect this house. And he (laughs) said that out loud to this ghost. And he said that was the only thing that they ever had happened that was like damaging or bad. Yeah. He goes, we just kind of lived in peace with her. And she was like a happy ghost, but she just got really ticked off when they remodeled the kitchen. Oh my god, that like gave me goosebumps for real. Like that's so creepy. I can't get over the bed. Like, like feeling someone sit down next to you and clearly there's no one there. Like I would 
would have been out. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Thank you. I also, it's just weird to me that like, I was so freaked out by it as a kid. And then to have sort of that validated years later. Right. <laughs> this is so mean, but I know I'm not the only one. But I used to share it. So I would often share this bedroom with another girl who um, was the daughter of my dad's partner. And I would make her sleep on like the outside bed so that I was on the inside bed because if anything came, at least it would like hurt her. (laughs) I would do that too. I would do that too. I'm sorry. I was five, whatever. Like, sorry, Kylie, if you ever hear that. That's so crazy though. Like to think that as a kid, even if you can't explain it, you just have that intuition of like something is a little bit off here and I don't know why. And like you said, like nothing ever happened to you necessarily, but just that, that feeling of like, there's something here. Like that's just crazy. And my dad says, he goes, we never had experiences with the ghost whenever the kids were around. It was like, she respected it and didn't want to freak anyone out. Yeah. And so like, oh, the, the kids are cool. The kids are cool. I'll just mess with your dad. <laughs> don't want to scare them, but uh, Aww, respectful yeah. ghost. <laughs> I know. So there's my respectful ghost story, and that's a good one. Because you always see, you know, like all the I don't know ghost hunters and crap like that. That like it seems so staged. So I feel like I. I believe your dad. Like, there's no way that those things didn't happen. Like, knowing your dad, I don't think he would just be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Here's no, my ghost I, story. Like, that's legit. My dad is not at all the type of person who's like, oh, I have all of these ghost stories and hauntings. I don't know. That's just not his personality mm-hmm. whatsoever. And, yeah, it's really interesting to hear him talk about it. He does a much better job than I do, but it's a fun story. That is so, that's so, have they had any experiences since that house or now that they're gone, nothing? Um, Nothing that in any of their homes, I know my dad, I don't know the details of it. I know the only other thing he's said to me was a different house he was staying in. That was a friend's house and that they all thought it was haunted by some ghosts, but I don't know the details of that so and I will just say I prefer not to know until after I leave and then yeah. you can tell me for um, sure well that's why you've waited you know 10 plus years to tell you guys like oh yeah by the way that was yeah. <laughs> but like I said did feel kind of validated my feelings on that so nice good on you that's a good that is a good story my one uh fireside spooky story yes well, I mean, obviously, speaking of ghost stories, let's pick up where we left off. Do it. <laughs> okay, quick recap of part one. Layla and Leeds, our two main characters, are staying at a bed and breakfast that they had first met at for her sister's wedding. Um, things are different this time around. It's no longer in operation. Um, in fact, it's up for sale currently. So no one is living there, working there, anything. Um, and Leeds had just basically asked the realtor if he could rent it for a week. Um, strange things start happening during this day that, um, Leeds is like feeling crazy about like, am I actually seeing and hearing these things? Um, 
And Layla is like, I'm not doing it. Are you kind of thing? So everyone's just in not necessarily denial, but just unexplainable happenings are going on around them. Um, Leeds feels both protective of Layla since she's in a fragile state from a shooting incident that has occurred for both him and her. Um, and he's scared himself. So he goes and buys um, cameras to place throughout the bed and breakfast in like, I think he said just the kitchen and then the grand room to see if he can catch anything on these cameras. Um, as time passes, things are caught on camera, which kind of pushes leads to reaching out to some paranormal forums. And um, just, I mean, kind of what you're saying, Brady, to kind of like validate his feelings. Like this is, this is happening. Anyone else have this problem out there? Right. And um, so from that paranormal website, a, I'll, we'll say a detective, that's what he's called in the book. I doubt he is, is um, contacting leads saying that he can help him with this ghost. So um, while while we're reading through part one, um, you cut back and forward and you'll see this in part two between the interview sections and the chapters. So the detective is with leads interviewing him, trying to ask, you know, what's been going on. Um, and during this interview is also when we find that Layla is seemingly being held hostage by leads. Um, despite having this detective in the home. So he made it clear that the detective was not there to help Layla. They're just there to kind of investigate this ghost occurrence that's going on. So now move into part two officially. So starting with chapter 10, um, Layla's sister Aspen and her husband Chad have arrived at the bed and breakfast and Chad has spent the entire day day drinking, which I admire. Good for him. I mean, there's a pool there. There's, you know, what else are you going to do in the middle of nowhere? Um, I forgot to mention they're like in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. So what else, what else are you going to do out there? I mean, honestly, I prefer day drinking to night drinking. Oh, yeah. Because you get to bed at a good time. Like, it normally helps a bit with your hangover. Like you can kind of get ahead of it. Yes. It's I'm for it. Pro day drinking. Pro day drinking for sure. Um, and by the time dinner rolls around, he's basically blackout drunk, like just trying to get through dinner, which I also find hilarious. <laughs> um, which during, I mean, he's kind of going off um he and Aspen are bantering about like how much sex they're having because they're newlyweds and blah 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 so that kind of takes both Leeds and Layla's mind off of what's been going on around the house um when suddenly during dinner Layla has another one of those episodes where it seems like she like switches personalities and once again like scarfs down all of this food and is like freaking out when she kind of comes to again of like, I didn't actually eat this food. I don't know what just happened and literally screams, which scares Leeds and Aspen. Like what the heck is going on? And so she like ate all of this. I think they made pizza. So she like downed her food, drank all this wine. And then when she comes to has zero recollection of any of that happening and um, Leeds 
after that point leads is like, Hey, let's just go to bed. Like you're clearly very shaken up about everything. You're, I don't know, in denial that you actually ate this food or like, no one knows why you just kind of snapped like that. So he gets Layla off to bed and then returns to help Aspen get Chad to bed. Since at this time he has officially passed out at the dinner table because he's so drunk. <laughs> um, Leeds kind of is starting to get these inclinations that Layla's behavior is because of Willow, our ghost. So he reaches out to her via computer, which is also kind of a flashback to one of the first ways they started communicating with each other. And he asks her if it, if it was her like entering Layla's body to which she said, yes, it was like, she admits it. And he asks if she could do it again. Um, so pretty quickly after that, you start hearing footsteps coming down the stairs at this point. I should have said everybody's in bed. Aspen's gone to bed. Chad's passed out. Layla had gone to bed as well. So you hear footsteps coming down and it's Layla that you see, but Leeds realizes that like something in her eyes or her face or how she carries herself is not Layla at all. It's Willow. And uh, Leeds is pretty intrigued by all of this happening. I mean, he's just like, I need to ask this ghost every single freaking question I have about being a ghost and like her existence and all of this stuff. So he gets to it and is just basically bombarding her with questions um, and asks, you know, if what she does during the day, like when she's not in Layla's body, if she like follows them around, she says that she's, she's trying not to be nosy and she does try to give them privacy, which is thoughtful, I guess. Um, but the biggest thing that she wants as a ghost is, I mean, her existence is basically meaningless. She's just kind of trapped in this house. And so she really takes over Layla's body, especially around mealtimes, because she wants to enjoy eating and drinking and like indulging in those humanly pleasures that she can't have as a ghost. Um, Pretty soon after that, Aspen hears Leeds and Layla talking. So she comes downstairs also because um, Chad pissed the bed, which I just like <laughs> Chad's whole existence is just cracking me up. Like I, <laughs> I know too many people like this. <laughs> so I just, it gets to me. <laughs> You're writing to me a relief in a really actually dark situation. Mm -hmm. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. We all needed a little bit of chat in this chapter. Okay. Um, so once Aspen joins them in the kitchen, Willow is scared of communicating with Aspen despite being in Layla's body, which kind of, I was like, like what you sound and look just like her. Like she's not going to freaking know, but, um, she basically just lets leads do all the talking. They eat some more pizza and she just wants to be as quiet as possible as to like not give away the fact that she's Willow. Um, and the the one like kind of catch at the end of their conversation, like before Aspen went back up to bed, but she was going to share with Leeds something funny that had happened just between her and Layla in the kitchen. And Leeds had to like dive in of like, oh, she already told me. I don't need to hear it again, blah, blah, blah. Because Willow, of course, didn't know that that necessarily happened because she wasn't in Layla's body at the time. 
And um, basically that that night after they all head up back to bed, um, Leeds concludes that he feels more sympathy, which he said in the last part two, he feels more sympathy course through him than fear or guilt and the guilt of using Layla's body um, for this ghost. So he's more sympathetic toward this thing than he feels scared of. Which I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> I don't get it. That's just not a normal reaction. And I don't know. I, we're going to get more into it. But I just really, so far, it seems like Layla is getting the short end of the stick in just about every scenario. And I feel for her. I feel, yeah, I feel bad for Layla. Yeah. Not this ghost and I'm still feeling like there's a catch or a twist like this ghost isn't really real or something you know like I just feel like this this can't be happening okay right I have two things two things one can I share one of my theories yes. and two okay let me say say the other part first and then I'll share my other theory because I feel <laughs> like I've gone through a minimum of 10 different possibilities so far as a part through part one and two okay so first from a writing style perspective, I find it so interesting, at least for me personally, this is all from Leeds's point of view. And normally your main character or the point of view that you're reading is someone that you, that the author wants you to connect with. Mm -hmm. And in this instance, it's interesting to me how I think the connection is more with Layla, whose point of view we're not experiencing we're all seeing it through Leeds's point of view but you're not necessarily connecting with him because his actions as we get through more of this are quite questionable yeah and um so that's really interesting to me too because at the same time it doesn't make the reader at least in my opinion like I said it doesn't make the reader not want to know what's going to happen but at the same time you're not connecting with that main character so right just like a different i don't know different sort of take on style other theory <laughs> okay this is my theory theory is that Leeds killed sable and sable is actually willow trying to i don't know metal like she's coming across as like this great woman ghost i don't yeah. know um but is trying to just get closer to leads. Interesting. So I like that. I like that theory for sure. Random. I wouldn't put it beyond Colleen to do something like that. We still don't really know what happened with Sable. We don't know the details. And I kind of feel like based on things that have been, that Leeds has alluded to either in talking with Willow or talking with the detective, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's more to that. So I don't know. Yes. Just randomly. I, yes. I really like that because I feel like, I mean, to your point, we don't know what happened and that's actually not to give everything away, but that's kind of the cliffhanger that we leave on at the end of this part two anyway. So I'm hoping that we hear more, but I'm also starting to wonder now that you've like brought it up, because I feel like we did this last time. We like, as we're talking out loud, we're like, oh my gosh, this could be happening. But I'm wondering if it's from Leeds' perspective, because maybe like 
he's the one with like a traumatic brain injury or something, you know, that happened to him where like maybe he's thinking that that like Layla could be Layla this entire time, but he's thinking that she's becoming another person, this Willow person, because he's not all there. I don't know. Oh, Which could I also like be because you. And that could be another reason why we're not like connecting with him is because we're maybe like subconsciously thinking that there's something wrong with him. Like it's harder to make that tie when he's not all there. That's so true. Oh, I I like that too. Okay. Yes. Colleen making us think over here. I know so many different possibilities. Uh, I know. Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean I love it, but that's okay. So now we're jumping into an interview section. Layla is yelling for leads over and over again, just like screaming his name. Um, And he needs to leave his interview with the detective to go and check on her. But before he goes upstairs, he asks Randall, the detective, um, if it will be okay for Layla to come downstairs. Because I think he had promised her that if she was, you know, being good, she could do that. Um, Layla is just super pissed. I think Leeds had told her like, oh, I'll be back in 20 minutes. And it's been over an hour and she has to pee and she's being tied up and she's just pissed. I would be too. Um, she then goes downstairs with Leeds to meet Randall, who accidentally introduces himself as Richard and then tries to cover it up by saying his name is Randall Richard. <laughs> and like, so clearly, you know, this is all a fake name. And um, Layla basically scoffs and is like so skeptical that Randall is trying to help them. And he just, I mean, the fact that like he could even believe that something like this is going on, which like Layla still isn't privy to what's going on. All she knows is that she's being held hostage. So her skepticism is totally validated. Yes, it is completely reasonable for her to question and be really angry at the situation. Yes, absolutely. And basically after, I mean, just brushing Randall off as someone who can even attempt to help her, um, she tries to leave the B&B, basically makes a run for the door because she's being held hostage and Willow steps in and takes over her body And this is after Leeds kind of, I don't know, creepily says, like, I'm not the reason you couldn't leave last time. And so now I'm like, oh, my God, like, is Willow keeping her here? Is is there a demon outside of this that we don't know about? Like, I don't understand. And so Willow takes over Layla's body and puts her back upstairs and puts her to bed. Um, Leeds ties her to the bed again, asks if Willow can help Layla fall asleep and goes back downstairs. Randall asks Leeds um, basically if he's if he's in love with Willow, to which Leeds responds, quote, no, it's not like that. Um, but I believe that it's described that he like doesn't make eye contact. He kind of just like brushes it off like, oh, no, it's not like that. But he can't even look him in the face when he says that. And then Randall goes back to asking Leeds questions about how frequently he and Willow were using Layla's body to communicate and Leeds responds with not as much as we did at first. So chapter 11. Every ghost story tells you that that's not good for the person Mm -hmm. that is hosting the spirit. 
mm-hmm. or whatever she is. Yes. Like, oh, just. You know, this me. is, I, I feel like after that interview is kind of where I started getting frustrated. <laughs> Because, like, it just kind of spirals from this point on. So It really does. My frustration only builds from here. Yes. Chapter 11. Um, It's the next morning um, after the, you know, whole incident with Aspen thinking Willow was Layla, blah, 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 whatever. Leeds sneaks off to the bathroom. And this is, like, where I'm, like, you are a fucking creep. He wants to go back and watch in secret and in private from Layla, the video conversation that he had with Willow since there was a camera in the kitchen. So he's watching back the footage of her. Like, I don't know if he's just trying to like relive those moments or what, but like, I don't know. And, um, it, it fills him with excitement. Like he's feeling quote, freed from the emptiness he had been feeling whenever he gets to interact with Willow. So he's becoming like obsessed with conversing with her. And um, while in the bathroom, Leeds tries to reach out to Willow and wants to communicate um, even more privately. So he like asks her like, Hey, are you there? And she like turns on the faucet or something. And then he goes downstairs and gets his computer out for her to use and uses a messenger app on his phone so that they can talk in silence, basically. So he's not like talking out loud or anything like that. And um, he is, I mean, they're basically going back and forward, you know, talking about more random stuff. I don't even know at this point, but their conversation is interrupted when Layla has now woken up for the morning, comes downstairs and leads, um, tries to make a joke with her, um, cause she comes down around like 11 o'clock and he tries to joke about their, her, um, brunch comment from prior to her shooting. And unfortunately, like it's clear that Layla doesn't remember a lot about her life and her inter- experiences with leads and her interactions with him prior to the shooting. Cause she kind of just brushes off that comment, which I, that's where I do feel a little bit of sympathy for leads. Like he's trying to rekindle those things that they used to have, but it's clear that she just doesn't remember what that was like. Like, I'm sure that that has to be frustrating for someone in his position. Yeah. In his position, but I don't know. He definitely, maybe at this point when I was reading it in real time, I kind of thought the same thing, but he's just like, so lost me. (laughs) I know. I know. Side. It like, it doesn't even feel trying to joke with her like that just doesn't even feel authentic at this point. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. And I feel like that does happen even more throughout this part of where it seems like he's just tossing stuff out to like, I don't know, make himself look or feel like the good person he thought he was. But it's it's just so disingenuous that it just doesn't. I don't really care that he says it. And Layla doesn't even remember that it happened. <laughs> so. <laughs> Whatever leads. Um, basically, uh, after... Uh, you know, that she makes that comment, they're getting ready for their day and um, they decide to go get tacos and margs in town, which remember they're in the middle of nowhere. So town is about an hour, any direction you want to go, you have to drive at least an hour to get to some sort of civilization. Um, But basically the entire time they're away and like thinking about planning their day, all Leeds is thinking about is looking forward to communicating with Willow back at the B&B. To me, this just screams emotional cheating. 
100%. I, oh, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Cue emotional cheating. Cue so many eye rolls happened while I was reading this section of chapters. Oh my goodness. And like, and again, like he's not necessarily gaslighting her, but he's never telling her the truth or at least the whole truth. And it just seems like everything that he does is just sinking him into a deeper and deeper hole with the audience and with Layla, (laughs) frankly. All right. So chapter 12, um, they go and shop around. They end up in Hastings, Nebraska. They want to shop around a little bit at some boutiques before getting tacos and margs. Um, and Layla gets hella drunk, which like, like, girl, good for you. You need this. I'm proud of you. Um, and Leeds also takes advantage of this situation and orders some extra tacos to take home for Willow, but tries to play it off that they're for Layla since she only ate one taco and got super hammered at dinner. Um, Layla is, you know, I mean, she's drunk. She has to stop and pee all the time. You know, it's, it's hitting her. She has to break the seal. Um, but the only thing Leeds is focused on is keeping her awake the entire drive back so that she'll be tired enough when they get home to fall asleep so that Willow can take over her body. Um, but Layla has other plans. Um, being drunk just made her super horny. So she, um, basically gets home and just kind of wants to jump his bones and Leeds has been avoiding sex with her almost the entire stay that they've had, assumingly because of Willow or whatever emotional wreck he is going through. I don't freaking know. Um, but now he's feeling obligated, like, oh, she's all over me. Like I, I have to lead her on. I have to do something to make her think that I'm interested, which like, fuck you for that. Yep. And um, he settles for a blow job and basically just thinks about Willow the entire time, which I'm like, screw you guy. Like, this is so, I don't know. He's just, this is so frustrating to read. It pisses me off so, so much. Yes. Yes. So he just gets more and more antsy to talk to Willow. And this is where I like literally wanted to throw my book across the room. He wants to talk to Willow so badly and Layla is still awake that he resorts to trying to make her a cocktail of wine and slip some Ambien in there since that's what she takes for her extreme anxiety and trauma from the shooting. And he's trying to slip her some drugs into her drink so that she'll fall asleep again so that he can be with Willow. Um, But Willow, so kind of redeeming qualities in her slaps that drink out of his hand in the kitchen and does not ever let him deliver it to her. Thank God. Um, And basically Leeds is like, Oh my God, what was I going to do? I can't believe this was happening. I can't believe I was going to do that. What's wrong with me? Blah, blah, blah. Still doesn't necessarily change his ways. Um, But they, he returns um, up to Layla in bed, empty handed. And um, they decide to watch some Netflix and, I guess, cuddle until Layla falls asleep Um, and Leeds is still wide awake. So he wanders down to the kitchen and sees that Willow, again, kind of redeeming quality. She cleaned up the wine mess that she knocked out of his hand. So that was kind of her. Um, But then Willow enters Layla's body to come down and talk to Leeds as Layla. 
And um, as basically like, what were you going to do, blah, blah, blah. And he just kind of feels a little bit guilty about the situation, but whatever. Ultimately, they both kind of just like, whatever, it's in the past. And she eats some tacos and <laughs> I don't know, they hang out for a while. <laughs> Anytime he ever feels guilt, he, I mean, he does say it too when we're reading everything. He's like, oh, I felt felt really guilty about this because it's super messed up and could have actual horrible effects, physical yes. effects um, to a person. But also when he's like, oh, I feel guilty about Willow using her body. I feel guilty about this. But he never changes his ways. He no. always recognizes when something is wrong, but never takes any sort of step to actually fix what he's doing. Yes. And, and he could do a lot to prevent this. He yeah. could leave, <laughs> but he chooses to stay. Um, so after tacos, they make their way to the pool, um, which again leads leads to feeling guilty because this is the pool is where he and Layla first met and you know had their first kiss and that's where he just kind of fell for her. So now he's sharing that experience with Willow this time, um, and I I mean you can tell that like the sexual tension, the emotional chemistry is just building and building between these two. And um, Willow asks him, you know, a question about the shooting, which then of course leads him to feeling more guilt. He never actually really responds with it. I mean, he doesn't give us a lot of detail. Like we were saying, like, we don't know what happened after the shooting or anything. Um, but he just, we just know that he feels guilt and this lack of forgiveness for himself for even letting it happen. Um, they then leave the pool, Willow and Leeds settle into bed and watch the movie Ghost, which like, haha, a ghost watching ghost. That's funny. <laughs> um, and then Leeds goes downstairs. This is where I feel like there's kind of some gaslighting going on in a sense. So like Willow is obviously like wearing Layla's clothes and like borrowing her things. So like when they went in the pool, she wore a swimsuit of hers and they have to like put everything back to make it seem like nothing ever happened. So Leeds is going to check on the dryer to, you know, make sure the swimsuit's dry and back in the same condition that Layla would have left it in. Um, and he goes to um, the chat room while he's downstairs waiting for the dryer and sees that there's a message on one of the paranormal forums. And the writer of the chat feels pretty confident um, that they can help leads with his ghost problem and kind of like bring them into the light or help them resolve their business or whatever. And um, basically that's kind of where the chapter ends is we know that he's reaching out for help. He returns up to bed with Willow and they end their night there. The gaslighting is going to get so much worse too, but yeah. It is. It's like, it is cheating. I know nothing physically has happened yet, but not just, but also the, the hiding of everything too. Yes. Oh, it's right. Like if you have to sneak around and like clean up your evidence, clearly you're, you're in the wrong. Like you shouldn't be doing that. And I feel like in a sense, maybe he's trying to like justify it to himself because it is Layla's body and it's her hair and it's her eyes. And like, it's Layla on the outside, but it's Willow emotionally and mentally that's driving all of that. So I don't know if he's trying to be like, oh, well, it is still kind of Layla, but it's clearly not. 
Oh, I think he's constantly trying to justify it or justify any of the guilt that he feels with some other reason. He has to keep doing it, has to find out more, can't can't stop talking to Willow, can't stop letting her take over Layla's body. Right. Well, and then, and we'll get to this too, but then he starts to try to justify staying because now he's in this position of, oh, I can help her. I can help Willow. I can fix all of this for her when she never even asked or wanted assistance to begin with. Right. He takes it on as his responsibility and it was never his responsibility to begin with. Yes. All right. Moving on to another interview section. So Randall leaves to use the restroom and Leeds reaches out to Willow and informs her of everything that he and Randall have talked about so far except for the night that he and Layla were shot. So that, like I said, kind of that cliffhanger, we still don't really know the details of that. Um, when Randall returns, he asks if Leeds had been communicating with Willow and um, Leeds is like, yeah, I have. Do you want to see her in action? And Randall basically just says he believes him. He's pretty fascinated. I mean, I'm sure he lives his life as this like ghost, like, oh, I, I love this stuff. And um, just wants leads to continue on with his story of events. So moving into chapter 13, Layla wakes up before leads and is making eggs to help with her hangover. Remember, she had a crap ton of margs, so good for her. Um, and Layla begs leads to do some social media content for him. Um, they haven't done any since they've been there. And remember from part one, that was kind of one of the things that really helped her feel normal. And like she's contributing was taking over as leads kind of social media and, and marketing manager for him. And um, leads basically makes a deal with her of I'll do these pictures. And I took it as I'll spend this time with you in a sense, um, if she agrees to extend their stay at the bed and breakfast for three more days. Um, that was not part of their original plan. And um, Layla still has no idea that he's also been low-key reaching out to a realtor behind her back about the property as well. So he, him wanting to extend the stay, I think, kind of caught her off guard. She was a little put off by that, but eventually agrees because he's willing to do the social media stuff for her. Um, Willow takes over Layla's body to talk to Leeds that night and asks to hear some of his music. He plays some pretty reluctantly, but Willow is quick to compliment him and just kind of, you know, give him a little ego boost. Um, and just really liked what he had written and produced so far. And then Willow mentions that Layla is hoping Leeds will propose to her, which from part one, we know that Leeds packed an engagement ring to bring with him. Um, Leeds just kind of responds. This also pissed me off very nonchalantly. Oh, I probably will. It's like, okay, either you're like excited to do this or you're not asshole. Um, and then Willow asks for Leeds to play another song and he sings her one called No Vacancy. And I will say this book and the Midnight Library, I'm just so impressed with the authors to be able to like come up with songs and poetry to include in their writing. Because it's like they're actually really, really good. And I would be curious to hear them if any of this was ever produced into a show or a movie to like hear that played out. I really liked the lyrics. I know. That's why I was like, dang. <laughs> 
Leads like kind of sucks, but I like the song. Yes. Um, after the song, Willow puts Layla back to sleep and Leeds avoids going up with her um, because he just has this feeling that he feels he probably shouldn't be doing those things. So again, this, this guilt factor, this, I know what I'm doing is wrong. So I'm going to try to avoid that situation because clearly his feelings are just growing and growing. And hers are too, I would say. I don't know. I know she kind of seductively lays on the piano too. And I know I just want to feel it because I never have a body, but it is, it's building all of that tension between them. But this was not like a friendly late evening meeting. This was, I feel like this was an intentional kind of poking and prodding at how far or not far they're willing to go. Right. This was not a meeting to get answers. Like he's been saying he needs, Oh, I have to find answers. I have so many questions. I have to Mm -hmm. figure it out. That was not at all what this interaction was. Uh, And I just feel bad for Layla because this whole trip was about her and making her feel better and And reconnecting their relationship. And he, he, he hasn't even put in any effort to that. I mean, honestly, And again, like when she asks for his time, it's like he does it reluctantly. Like, oh, sure. Like it's a burden for him. Right. Right. That just, it makes me so mad. Okay. Chapter 14. So (laughs) kind of funny. We were just talking about this. Leeds has now mentally made it a priority to focus on Layla all the next day. But kind of two-sided because he's trying to do this to like, get his thoughts and feelings under control for Layla. And I wrote, (laughs) I wrote in my notes because she's a ghost and not a person. Like you need to calm down. (laughs) I, so (laughs) quick side note, when we did part one for this book, I was driving with Jared and I go, I have to tell you about this book. Like this is just kind of an insane story so far. And then as I was reading part two, he was sitting next to me and I was saying the exact same thing. I was like, Leeds, she's a freaking ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. a person. Like, get your shit on lock. She doesn't even have a real body. <laughs> I get a grip, dude. I mean, honestly, what are you like? Okay, so let's just say you totally fall in love with her. Are you really willing to, like, are they trying to have her live in Layla's body forever? Would you right. really do that to a real person? I mean, yeah, that's like, I mean, that's like borderline, like, I don't know, like sacrificial almost like, oh, I'm willing to give this body so that this entity can live inside of it. Like, that's just like witchcraft shit, which I'm not about. (laughs) As we said last time, like demons, that kind of shit. No, no, no. Witches, I'm not going to read about it in lots of movies, but... (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you don't have a ghost possess someone's actual body for a person who seems like they are decent and have really had a hard go at things lately. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're fully taking advantage of Layla's fragile state, which is so frustrating. And again, and I feel like they're doing it, especially because like she is on so many medications for her trauma. Like, of course she's sleeping so much. And then Willow's like, oh, let me just possess you while you're sleeping. Okay. 
<laughs> so um, Leeds falls asleep on the couch reading a book that he was actually reading before his shooting. Again, Layla doesn't remember the book or the conversation they had had around it. And um, Willow is the one to wake Leeds up on the couch. And um, am I correct in remembering, or maybe this is later on, was she naked? I feel I like that's the part where like, she's were, naked. Um, <laughs> there is a part where she is. I don't think it was here, but they are like clearly snuggling. Yes. And he, he sort of missed mistakes her for Layla yes he does like Copperfield because he yep. thinks it's it's Layla but then Willow's like oh oh me oh my oh, I think it's just the part yeah I think this is the part she's wearing like not a lot of clothes she's been okay in panties and like a crop top or something yes um she's she's not naked but she is does not have a lot on yes scantily clothed okay i i couldn't remember because there definitely is another part where she is definitely naked but couldn't remember that was this time um okay so you know leads is basically like oh you should go change <laughs> whatever and and then i think he even makes a comment it's nothing i haven't seen before but it, like because he's emotionally cheating he needs to tell her that she needs to put more clothes on whatever they then share coffee together and talk about books. So again, we're going from beyond the point of just like, I'm interested in this ghost. This is so intriguing to now like cozying up together, having comfortable conversations, just hanging out instead of having a the prior ghost human relationship they were having. <laughs> um, Leeds uh, then kind of shares with her with Willow that he um, wants to put an offer in on the bed and breakfast. And he kind of tries to use Willow's power of being in Layla's body to see if she can sort through Layla's thoughts of how she might feel about staying there. And um, Willow kind of I don't know. She like, she doesn't really give a lot of information. She keeps saying like, Oh, Layla's thoughts are so chaotic and Oh, they're her personal thoughts. I don't want to get into her personal, you know, being and all of that stuff. So she doesn't really give leads an answer. That's very clear about how she would feel. I think the real Layla based on her reactions wouldn't be too thrilled about having the BNB, but whatever. I don't know why leads couldn't figure that out for himself. Um, and then, so while they're conversing, a storm rolls in and there's a, a big strike of lightning and a clap of thunder that scares everybody. And Willow briefly leaves Layla's body. So I don't know if we've explained this before, but when Layla takes or when Willow takes over for Layla, Layla's being and conscious has no idea that this is going on. She just thinks she's asleep. So when Willow leaves Layla's body as they're in the kitchen, Layla is conscious again and is like, how the heck did I get here? What is going on? So then Willow goes back into her body um, and is it basically tells Leeds what I just explained of she's going to remember this, that we were in the kitchen and you're going to have to explain how she got down here and why. And then Willow is basically just starts to like apologize for leaving Layla's body and um, and, and things just get, I don't know. I feel like the emotional intensity just really starts to build 
here. Like she's just, she's so like, oh, I'm so sorry, Leeds. And he's just trying to be like, it's fine, it's fine, whatever. I'll just make up a lie, which again, this is where the gaslighting comes in of why she was down in the kitchen or whatever. Yeah, if things weren't morally gray beforehand, they definitely are now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, this part just really, like Willow does seem to have an element where you feel a little bit for her, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I mean, she still knows what she's doing is wrong and the gaslighting is more evident than ever before now that this accident in air quotes yes. has happened. Um, yeah. I don't yes. know. All right. Another interview section. Randall asks if Layla did remember the kitchen incident. Um, and she did. She It was the first thing she asked leads about in the morning. And I'm pretty sure he made up some... BS story of, oh, I thought that the storm was going to be worse. And so we we all got startled from the, the thunder and all came running downstairs or whatever. And um, Layla is like her conscious is having a hard time trying to figure out like, why am I tired all the time? And it's because Willow's using her body to stay up late and all of her confusion about situations like her meals, um, you know, why she's waking up in random places, things like that. And she is starting to feel like, oh my gosh, it's, it's my head injury. Like maybe things are getting worse or I need to change my medication or whatever. So to reassure her leads makes an appointment with a neurologist, um, that he isn't going to take her to because he knows it's not her head injury. He knows it's because of Willow, but he makes her the appointment anyway. Um, And Randall asks, you know, why didn't you stop now at this point? Because it's clearly affecting Layla. But Leeds explains that he didn't want to stop because he uh, was starting to develop feelings for Willow. There you have it. That's the real, the real truth leads finally. A ghost, (laughs) not a real person. Yeah. It's. Oh my gosh. I mean, this, I think this is the point where I was ready to throw my book across the room. (laughs) (laughs) So mad. So, so frustrated. Yeah. With all of that. And like, I don't know, the gaslighting just really makes me mad. The fact that he made an appointment for her and is like, but I'm never actually going to take her to it. Right. Um, It's so messed up. I mean, I can't say I'm super surprised. Like way to go Colleen Hoover. He really, you know how to suck everyone in but oh my goodness well and I feel like this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in part one where he has this like oh I'm gonna care for you I'm the caregiver give me all your troubles and I'll make it better but in reality like he's the one putting her in this situation like when he was bandaging her up being held hostage or when he was bandaging up her gunshot wound like if it wasn't for him she would not be in this predicament at all nope And he's just trying to, again, justify it. Or I'm sure he's probably trying to justify himself doing these things by being a caregiver in a sense. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think he's just trying to. It makes me question his feelings for her all along. I mean, Mm -hmm. like we said, they'd kind of rushed into this relationship and it's almost like if they hadn't done that, Um, I mean, guaranteed, yes, the shooting and everything probably wouldn't have happened, but it almost, 
it seems like he's taking on obligations that are like not his responsibilities right constantly. and like Layla would not be in this position at all if he hadn't felt so obligated to continue to be her caregiver when I don't know it just makes me wonder like whether or not his feelings were her feelings for her were actually love or was it just that immediate lust and mm-hmm. so consuming but did it actually did it really go beyond that right yes very very good point all right chapter 15 um while layla is um pretty chipper about going back to franklin um since their time at the bnb is starting to run out leeds is not looking forward to leaving willow um willow was trying to get leeds attention by hitting the piano key over and over and over again um, I'm, I'm thinking like Layla's packing or just organizing her things to get prepared for the leave. Um, and Layla in that time has found the engagement ring and Willow is trying to tell Leeds like, Hey, she found it. She found it. And um, basically Leeds tells Willow that he's not ready to do it. Everything has changed for him. He doesn't feel like he's, in this emotional readiness that he was before when he was flying over to Nebraska or Kansas um, to propose to her anymore. And he goes upstairs to find Layla um, reading or readying herself to take a shower, sounding overly cheerful, um, you know, cause she knows. So she's trying to play it off like, Oh, what a great day because I know I'm going to get engaged kind of thing. <laughs> and um, she asks him to shower with her. And again, like he has just kind of been avoiding intimacy with her, which we know from the beginning of the book, they were banging a lot. And um, he, he basically declines uh, the shower. So instead she gives him another blow job, which Layla must be really good at them or something. Cause this is the second one Colleen's written about. So, <laughs> um, and so- then, <laughs> To me, like, that has to be one of the weirdest things to write about. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know. It's I feel like, like it would be much easier to write about sex than blowjobs. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, because, like, have you ever, when you read into it, like, he's talking about, like, oh, she took my full length. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, she, she's deep throating you. <laughs> I just can't, I can't imagine like writing that I do. I agree. I feel like writing about sex would be so much easier than writing about giving a blowjob. So the fact that there's more than one, I mean. Yes. Well, and I feel like too, like sex, you can make romantic. A blowjob is just down and dirty. Like you're on your knees, just getting slammed in the face by someone's dick. So (laughs) Um, okay, so while while Layla is going down on him, he's at the point now where he's thinking about fucking Willow. Like, again, it's Layla's body, but he just has it in his mind that because Willow's personality is so different, banging Layla's body is going to be different somehow. I don't know. Basically, he finishes with his blowjob and um, he, quote, doesn't even enjoy it. So. That sucks. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just huge face palm. It again, like, makes me not only 
are they completely gaslighting Layla too? But we also know, well, one, she's super excited about finding the ring, but Willow has also told us how Layla's feelings for Leeds are so genuine and she's so in love with him, really excited about finding this engagement ring. Uh, I know. And now for him to be like, I didn't even, I didn't even like it, Layla. <laughs> you weren't even that good. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but I'm just putting nope. it <laughs> Paraphrasing his thoughts. <laughs> um, so after he finishes, you know, this and doesn't enjoy it, it makes him starting, tar- starts to think back about when he and Layla first met again, And I really like this quote because I feel like it's so true. Um, So Layla, when she was, you know, before the shooting, everything was good in her life. And she had these interestingly philosophical thoughts. Um, She says, quote, we always think the sex is good while we're in it. But then someone new comes along and we forget how good we thought it was before. And the cycling starts all over again. So I leads is. I'm clearly getting to the point where he's emotionally moving on, um, especially now that he's thinking about having sex with this ghost. And um, he's realizing even more than just, you know, the, the physical, not super, you know, interested or feeling horned up about Layla. Um, he's completely at this point falling out of love with her. And he doesn't want to face Layla or Willow at this time. So he opts to go to sleep because that's just going to solve all your problems. Avoid it for the night. (laughs) Not making a choice is still a choice, but. Right, exactly. All right. So now our last chapter of the section, chapter 16, Willow wakes Leeds out of his sleep by asking him, which I thought this was kind of interesting because now she's kind of, we, let me back up. At the beginning of the book, I had mentioned that Layla would ask kind of like off the wall, random questions. Like one minute she'll be talking about how sex is between people. And then the next minute she's saying she's hungry and wants tacos and blah, blah, blah. So Willow wakes leads up out of sleep, kind of asking a semi similar question in that sense of why, can she touch things when she's not in Layla's body and just kind of like, Oh, you know, I'm a ghost, but I've never really thought about why I can do these things as a ghost when I'm not possessing somebody. And this leads to Willow telling leads the story of how she ran the previous owner out of the house with her ghostly tactics, which I kind of thought was funny. Like it was. I'm just really going to fuck with these people. So they actually leave. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly kind of a great ghost superpower if you don't like someone to scare the crap out of them. Yeah, she went like full on poltergeist. Like she rearranged the entire room in front of the dude while he was standing there. And he was like, yeah, I'm out. It's pretty (laughs) awesome. And she's proud of it too, which I do like. (laughs) I can't remember why she didn't like him. Like I know she kept saying like he was an asshole or some he was doing something that she didn't like and she was just like screw you yeah no like sorry this is my house you're not going to live here anymore yes um then they switch gears in their conversation with willow asking leads if he is so again now she's prying and kind of digging into their relationship which 
she used to not really be about, but whatever. Um, and is asking leads if he's feeling happy with Layla to which he replies that he used to. Um, and then now leads is changing the subject this time and asks if Willow's hungry. They go downstairs to the kitchen for food and he sends a note to the realtor with an offer. So this time it's no question about it. He is wanting to buy this place and he puts in an offer for not just the price, but 10 K over. So if I'm Layla and my husband is buying that big of a purchase without me knowing I would be livid. And, um, while he's doing that, he then sees that he has an email from the paranormal chat room guy and Willow is seeing the email exchange for the first time. She didn't realize, I think the extent to which leads had been talking to this guy and, um, is kind of mad at first of like, why are you talking to this guy? Like, do you realize that like, if I actually get help and have to, you know, go into the light and do all of that stuff, like I'll never be here again. And I'm basically going to have to like die again, which she doesn't even know if she did die. She didn't even know she was a ghost. I don't know. And so Willow gets pretty emotionally upset about this and goes off to watch a movie and Leeds tries to comfort her and, then she kind of switches gears and asks like if this guy really could help him. Um, and if she, if he really feels that he can, he asks leads to um, message him back in the morning and kind of give him an answer one way or another about him coming to the property. And at this point, I'm assuming obviously that this guy is Randall, the detective that we've been hearing about in the interviews, but I don't know for sure. Um, and leads, you know, continues to try to comfort Willow Let's her know that he's put in an offer on the place. And then finally they kiss and it is a, a pretty long kiss and leads goes through a slew of emotions before, during, and after the kiss of like excitement, guilt, anger, frustration, like everything he's been feeling up to this point, just kind of all unravels in this kiss. And Afterwards, Willow states that it feels like a punishment every time she has to leave Layla's body and Leeds apparently now has realized things have gone way too far. It only took to this point <laughs> to now admit that. <laughs> right. Which is also confusing because, okay, you think it's gone too far, but you also now accept and acknowledge the feelings that you have for this ghost Right. I I don't know. I'm a little bit conflicted in how you came to that realization now. Um after everything, I it's just another point of frustration too. He seems and I think even says at one point how he's so drawn to Willow because you know, she's positive and whereas Layla, he's just kind of it almost seems like he's over her emotions and mm-hmm. the I don't like saying the negativity because it's not that, but just the fact that she's still going through all of that stuff, which is frustrating because again, it's like he's taken on a responsibility that he can't handle in being the caregiver for her when she probably needs someone. And, you know, if he wasn't willing and able to do that, probably should have given that off to like a mom or asked. I was going to say, else. she probably should have gone back to her family. Yeah. But like, he felt like yeah. he needed to be the one to save uh, her. 
It's so, yeah. So anyway, but back to this. Yeah, you've just realized this now. And I, I do kind of feel bad for Willow because let's say she is just this harmless ghost who doesn't have answers to questions. Although part of me thinks that there's more that she knows that she isn't saying. Yeah. Um, but let's just say that she is just this, you know, I don't know who I am. That would be really torturing to give them a taste of what their life could be constantly and then just rip it out from them and say sorry but this is officially wrong even though i've been enabling your behavior now um we need to stop even though yeah that's the word i've been looking for this whole time the enabling like he is allowing this and almost pushing for it yeah to happen and just, I, he's just, yeah, he's enabling the situation to go as far as it's gone. And, and again, like in his internal rhetoric has been saying, I know this is wrong. I know this is wrong, but has done absolutely nothing to stop it. Or even to like, I don't take a step back and maybe explain the, explain to Willow, like, I don't know, the consequences of something like this happening or just freaking tell Layla. I mean, it's crazy. Yes, it's absolutely insane. But like he just is building all of these secrets and not sharing the truth with really anybody, especially himself at this point. He's yeah. I feel like he's been trying to tell himself the truth, but never really admitting it. No, he can't. Or he finds some other alternative that instead of acknowledging like the reality of the situation. Yes. It's I I'm frustrated. <laughs> yeah, it, it's making me like I would love to, I definitely obviously we're not gonna quit a book. I gotta know how this ends, but like I'm very curious how after the ending I would rank this book because maybe this is why it's not, you know, making headlines like other books are because it's it's frustrating. It's a mm-hmm. it's a read that's just like, what are you doing this whole time? <laughs> Think about that. But maybe that is why it's one of her books that's flying under the radar is because it's so it's so frustrating for people. But I don't know. At the same time, it is one that whether we were doing it for the podcast, I would want to finish because I would want to know oh. how it ends. Yeah. So I'm like, it's still hooks you and brings you along and you have to know what's next and it's it, it's easy to read but it is one of the more frustrating books that I've read in a while for sure and it's it's funny to because I feel like normally I get frustrated when it's like a plausible scenario but right. this is so outside of that <laughs> and it still pisses me off and I'm like what like I just I can't even get myself wrapped around it and I I mean we I feel like we have so many working theories right now that I feel like there's still you know there's more to Willow than she's letting on or Leeds is actually the crazy one like maybe this is a Shutter Island version of you know the book where like he's the the patient like all along <laughs> like I just I feel like there's just so there's got to be another twist to this somehow that's Agreed. that will make it a plausible situation <laughs> but I, I don't know I don't know maybe it's just a ghost story I don't know <laughs> I hope so I kind of I almost will have to ask our special guest next episode, like before we go into it, even though they will have finished the book too, I would love to know their, what their theories were leading up to. Oh yeah. The like, end. What were you thinking was happening? <laughs> should we like, I mean, should we introduce our guests or like give a little info or just wait till next episode? Mm, 
know. <laughs> Her name's Sydney. <laughs> she's awesome. She's awesome. She's my future sister-in-law. She, um, and she likes to read. Us, she helped us get this podcast like started. Yeah. So, she was our uh, sounding board to let us know how it, it all went. So we owe her one. <laughs> we do. And we can't wait to talk about part three with her. Yes. But before we finish, should we talk about our casting? I think we should. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I can't remember if I went first last time or if you did. Mm, I'll go. I'll give you a break. Okay. I'm talking. Okay. okay. So my picks for leads. So I had two. Uh, my first one was Luke Grimes. Have you ever watched Yellowstone? I haven't. I need okay. it. Let me look him up. <laughs> look him up. I mean, he, I think he's a very attractive person. Um, but he also has. Oh, nice. so, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I know he's been in a couple of other things, too. Like, he was the brother in Fifty Shades of Grey when oh yeah but um he also so I haven't listened to any of his music but I do know that he is also a singer songwriter don't quote me on that so kind of gave me the whole Leeds Nashville like trying to break into that world and is definitely very uh, appeasing to the eyes so, um, the other person that I thought of for leads was Dylan O'Brien. Yes. He's got yes. a smoldering look to him. <laughs> he does. Okay. And then for Layla slash Willow, I said Zoe Deutsch. Ah. Um, I like her especially. So, I definitely see her a lot as like Layla from the beginning where she's just that charismatic you know, will say whatever is on her mind, kind of quirky at times. To me, Zoe, Zoe like, really embodies that. Um, but I think that she's got the depth and the range to also portray, like, the darker side of Layla that we've been seeing in Willow. And then the other person that came to mind was Nina Dobrev. Yes. Um, she's another one that I thought would portray them really well. I like, I like this. For once, I don't think we have any overlap at all. I feel like in the past we've had at least one person in common, and this time we are completely separate. Um, Yeah, that's great. So my pick, and granted, I just got done watching White Lotus, which Zoe and my leads pick are both in. So I thought that was funny. But um, I would say for leads, I'm kind of envisioning Theo James. I feel like, I mean, he's obviously a beautiful specimen, but I feel like he could play a really good, that like, you know, that kind of gaslighting, like, it's okay, baby, I love you kind of person. And then clearly have an ulterior motive. Because I feel like that was kind of him in white lotus in a sense i mean he was a little bit more you know douchebaggy kind of bro so i also said he could maybe be a good chad <laughs> kyle if we needed a quick cameo um but i just i feel like he has some of that range of playing you know more unsuspectingly sinister kind of character 
I like then, that. Yes. Um, and I didn't have, I, I don't know if he has any musical background, so I wasn't sure about that aspect, but you can, you fake it till you make it when you're an actor. So taking <laughs> him also kind of makes me think of Penn Badgley. Um, yes. From with, you. Yeah. Oh, no. with the deceptive yes. That's yeah, from you. Yes. And also like Gossip Girl and obviously, but whatever. Yes, that could be that could be a good one too. Because again, like he plays that. Oh, I'm so innocent, but then clearly like is a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other, so I have two others that I thought of, and these are a little more kind of off the wall. Um, the other leads I said could possibly be Harry Styles. Um, a for like the singer songwriter accent. Uh, or accent, singer songwriter aspect, but I would just need him to like really, really hone in on the American accent because like clearly this is taking place in Tennessee and the Midwest. So if he can pull that off, I think he could be a really, really great fit because again, like super nice kind of genuine guy. But um, I don't know if you've watched Don't Worry Darling yet. Not yet. It's so that has been on my list with Jared. Like we really want to watch it together. Yes. So I haven't seen it yet because we okay. just haven't found time to watch it together. I won't give anything away, but he definitely isn't everything that he seems in that movie as well. Ooh. So I think he could play a good kind of, I don't know, dual lover, but also kind of that sinister side. And then lastly, and he's been under the radar for a long time, but Shia LaBeouf. I feel like he could make a really good, I mean, he's been in some more suspenseful films and stuff. And I feel like he definitely has the range. So I could see that being a good fit. Yeah. Disturbia. And then like, even, um, what was he in? It wasn't licorice pizza, but it was like another random movie name like that. Like something Falcon, peanut butter Falcon. That movie is fantastic. And I feel like that really shows a lot of like, character depth for him that is such a good movie oh my goodness I forgot about that yeah so kind of off the wall but thought maybe Shia could could do the do the job and then for Layla slash Willow obviously because they're the same person um my first thought was Elizabeth Olsen I don't know if you've seen anything that she's been in recently but I feel like she's one of those actresses that I've stumbled into like this year. And I've been like, damn girl, you're like really good. So I thought she could, could maybe portray some of that. Um, and then Mila Kunis, obviously she can play anybody in anything. And I just watched, um, luckiest girl alive. Have you seen her in that? I I was blown away by that. I was like, this is a crazy movie. Intense. And like, and she's also been in, um, you know, like, Black Swan and and just more like suspenseful kind of disturbing movies that I thought she could be really good. And then Allison Brie. And I, I just love her. Have you seen I almost Horse put Girl? Her. I Have really like her. Girl? Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a crazy good movie. And then, then I kind of made a, myself a note that it could be cool to see like, because they, not that any one of these people look like super similar, but it could be kind of cool if they could like almost swap them out, like when one's Willow and one's um, Layla in, in a sense, like more than just like, I don't know, the way they talk or whatever, like if they could just very subtly kind of blend into each other, that could be kind of cool. But 
whatever. So those are my picks. Good <laughs> picks. If done well, it could be a very suspenseful movie. I mean, mm-hmm. that being said, I don't know how it ends. So maybe it would just frustrate the hell out of people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we'd be like, oh, don't actually ever make this a movie. <laughs> I guess I guess we'll see come yes. next week. Woohoo. I can't wait. I'm probably going to finish it tonight. Like, I'm so excited. Yeah. I, I just know I have to know how it ends. Like, I'm too committed. <laughs> I Yeah. I need to know what, how this is all going to wrap up. So. All right. Well, All right. next week then we'll see where Layla and Leeds and Willow end up when we finish the book. Woohoo! So uh, chapters 17 to the end. Read all the way through, people. <laughs> all righty. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Music for this podcast was created by Remington Haynes. Join the conversation by emailing us at narrativesandnightcaps at gmail.com or visit our website, narrativesandnightcaps.com. Until next time, we hope you're enjoying a wonderful narrative.